welcome to the Guide to Movies podcast with Joe and Sean. I am Joe. He is Sean. This is episode 73, the post-wedding special. Sean, how are you doing? I'm feeling pretty married, Joe. <laughs> feeling pretty married. It was a wonderful time. Uh, great wedding all around. You seemed like you were having an absolute blast the entire time, as did, uh, I almost said your new fiance, as did your new wife. Um <laughs> It was just, it was a beautiful wedding all around. Thank you for allowing me to be there. And also thank you for the gift that keeps on giving. Um, which. What is this gift? <laughs> this gift is uh, something that I am very excited to share with everyone. Oh God. All right. I'm, I'm excited to hear, see it. I hope the sound plays. Oh, here we go. It didn't. Did the sound play? I'm not. I'm not hearing it. Although I know exactly what this is. <laughs> this oh, is a I'm great so angle mad. of it. I'm so mad. Oh man! Tell everyone what you did. So uh, I uh, serenaded my wife of three hours um, to the uh, sultry sounds of uh, Andy Dwyer from Mouse Rat um, and the song Five Thousand Candles in the Wind," also known as "Bye Bye Little Sebastian." Um, much to her surprise. Um, but uh, yes, that was a solid video. It's an interesting uh, angle of it. It shows me a little bit more with them, like and uh, all of her uh, friends and cousins and family realizing, like what what the hell Sean is actually doing is, oh my god, they're playing <laughs> Little Sebastian. I think in the video near the end, you can hear like I think it may have been your sister that was like, "What is this? <laughs> what is this from?" <laughs> So I could see like uh, members of my family uh, like smiling and laughing and stuff like that, but they just I just know that beyond their eyes they were extremely confused. <laughs> it was great. There were a lot of entertaining uh, dances and musical breaks, and uh, it was all around a great time. One of the best parts uh, that grilled cheese came in clutch before the end of the. You know, I didn't th I didn't think that was needed. Um, and thank God we had that because that grilled cheese was like the the most delicious thing I've ever had. Most needed. Whew, perfect timing I don't know for that. Who it was that was over there hoarding them? Like someone went over and grabbed like four or five of them. I was like, look at that. Good for you. The problem is you could you, there were, they were individually wrapped, and so people could like shove them in purses and stuff. I mean, it would still make a mess, but it wouldn't be as bad as just a regular grilled cheese. I would love to be a caterer that like offers that stuff at the end of the night because you know they can put like the shittiest grilled cheese together and or whatever. And people have just been at it for like three and a half hours dancing and drinking and having a good time that they're like, this is the best. <laughs> the greatest um, grilled cheese. Well, I, I saw like the slice of bacon on mine and I was like, before I even bit into it, I was like, oh no, this is the best grilled cheese I ever had. You had I know bacon? That I had a tomato. <laughs> Maybe it was a tomato. I just didn't really. <laughs> Like I said, yeah, like you, or like you said, they could get away with quite a bit. There may have been multiple like batches, and I was just like, ah, at that point. <laughs> well, once again, congratulations! Thank Happy to so have much. you back this Tuesday to dive into some uh, some interesting news and some late breaking news today that we'll get to in quite a few minutes. Quite a few minutes, just a few minutes. Um, but what we're going to start off with here, uh, because if you noticed last week. Um, and you may not have because you were a little preoccupied. But tra <laughs> <laughs> trailers were dropping like crazy for stuff. Um, and it may have been right before we recorded, but it was absolutely insane what was happening. Um, so instead of a traditional trailer here, uh, what I have for us is a new clip from Peacemaker. Uh, the, <laughs> the John Cena-led James Gunn uh <laughs> project hitting hbo max have you seen this clip yet i have not seen this clip i you know i i don't even remember this one coming out so i'm very excited to see what happens here it just came out today at one o'clock oh nice so, hot off the presses here you go here is the peacemaker clip i don't have any weed on me man that was a one-time thing doctor said i was free to go Congratulations. Jamil, you cool? What does that mean? Do I trust you? No. No? I, I don't know you, man. Dude, I really need somebody. I don't trust, trust me, man. 
we smoke weed together, man. I was in a fucking wheelchair. I can't believe that wasn't a nice moment, but that doesn't make me trustworthy. I ain't trustworthy worth shit. What? Well, why do you think I'm mopping floors, bro? I went to MIT. I don't like the responsibility. You went to MIT? Oh, yeah. What the fuck are you doing That's here? That's my fucking point, man. Why aren't you listening to me? Fine. Fuck it. Don't be trustworthy. Just let me ask you a question and don't tell anybody about it, okay? I would never betray a secret. It's the opposite of everything you've been saying. <laughs> I'm supposed to be in prison. For what? Superhero shit. <laughs> You're kind of bulky to be a superhero, fuck aren't you? you mean bulky? Oh, superheroes have a gymnast body. They're ready to go. I'm ready to go. What superhero are you? Peacemaker. <laughs> Get out of here, motherfucker. <laughs> you a fan? There's no superhero called Peacemaker. Dude, I'm fucking famous. Not that famous. Aquaman, he's famous. Fuck Aquaman. No, man. Fine. If you're a superhero, what were you in prison for? Integrity. I made a vow to have peace, no matter how many people I have to kill to get it. <laughs> that was, that was this this gives me hope for this now because I was I was a little bit worried about this, like just a little bit, but this gives me a lot of hope. Uh, first of all, I wanted to highlight that actor who I've seen in so many things. <laughs> Everything. Rizwan Manji, who's so funny, and he's actually nailing it in this. But I, I had to look him up quick, and uh, I saw the uh, cast of this. Oh, I mean, he, John Cena, Robert Patrick, uh, Freddie Stroma. We got Steve Agee, Danielle Brooks. I mean, this is unbelievable. Like, oh God, I, I am. They're, they're going to balance the comedy and the action here. I'm, I'm so on board now. That, that clip did give me life. I, I didn't have it before. That did it. <laughs> and I absolutely love how like they are not even trying to be PG-13. They're just like, nope, we're leaning into this R right away, <laughs> and we are going to have a blast on uh, HBO Max. <laughs> and they're doing, yeah, they're doing some of the self-aware stuff without getting annoying with it, like you know, just re like referencing the Aquaman thing. And it's like you're not Aquaman, <laughs> like, just like some <laughs> of like just like a like the James Gunn. I mean, to say James Gunn subtlety is ridiculous, but like <laughs> some of that like level. In I was involved. I was just gonna say like this is James Gunn like it's yeah. it bleeds James Gunn and he handles that really well so I look forward to that um, <laughs> as do I <laughs> as do I uh, when does that come out it's it's like January right late January do we have a full release date I truly hope so just because I I no nothing else in December please no no other things in December I can't do more things in December January thirteenth twenty twenty two there we go cool. Um, the first episode, I think it's the first episode, is titled Best Friends Never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Let's dive into what we've been watching. Uh, you, by the way, out yeah. did yourself yesterday. Yeah. No, I didn't sleep at all. Um, <laughs> I'm still on a whirlwind, I guess, from the wedding. I got That's to bed sure. around 4 a.m. Um, so I'm on an hour of sleep right now. So this is going to go so bad. <laughs> We're so good. Probably good. Um, <laughs> Do you want to start off then to keep yourself going? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you got to keep my momentum because otherwise that <laughs> might crash. Um, so uh, for me, um, I saw House of Gucci. And I'll, I'll keep it short because it's basically the same exact thoughts you had uh, that I believe you gave last week. Um, where, you know, the ending is really not good. The third act rushes character transformations. And... You know, there's a pretty sizable event that occurs, and I feel like there's just absolutely no emotion to it whatsoever. And they instead do like the high school movie things where it's like Jared went off to Penn State, and then like that's all. <laughs> <laughs> just like jovial music. And I'm like, this is like the weirdest ending where it's a two and a half hour movie, and you rushed the last half hour. It's like I, I wanted to see like more of the events. I'm asking for more time, which is crazy. Um, in a two and, and a half hour movie. <laughs> in a two and a half hour movie, which yeah, is ridiculous. And so I think it meandered a bit at times um, in other points. But uh, I really think like that, that the way they executed that ending oh, pretty much almost ruined the rest of the movie for me. Cause I thought it was kind of fine until then. And like, I really hated that now. The, the, the uh, Jared Leto performance, of course, is the Jared Leto of it all. Um, this is a horrible performance um, in so many ways, in so many aspects. Um, and I do wonder if, and this is what happened. This is what happens when you don't get any sleep and you start to wonder, was that horrible performance intentional? Because he was like the Fredo kind of character in there. And he was supposed to like act that exasperated and that silly and 
that kind of situation. It was that supposed to happen. And so now I'm tricking myself into thinking, does he deserve a second Oscar? Oh and I don't God. know. <laughs> I don't oh actually, my God. I don't actually believe it. I don't actually believe it. <laughs> no, it was, it was a horrible performance and <clears throat> whatever he was trying to do, it, it just wasn't good. I, I don't like it's, it has that character has such opportunity. Absolutely. And it could be something exceptional and it's just overdone with him. I like Sam and I saw this yesterday in the theater and both of us just when a scene came on with him, we just went, Oh, like <laughs> just this audible sigh. And, Oh man. Um, he, he brought down the film, but I also agree with you and Al Pacino. What a great surprise. And, uh, you know, of all times for someone to like, all of a sudden not be like overacting and everything is just in this movie. And he still has the great move where he overacts properly. Like it's, it's, that's how he does it. And his, his big scene is unbelievable when he overacts properly. It's great. Um, We may have agreed on every aspect of this movie. I I didn't love Lady Gaga as much. I'll give you that much. Um, I, I think it was one of those things where she's doing a lot and that's both good and bad. And so it's one of the, like it, it's really tricky. I'll say the the cliched thing that all the critics are saying, which is quite true, is all of these actors thought they were in a different movie, um, <laughs> including Jeremy Irons, who thought he was in a uh, in a uh, period drama. <laughs> and he just gets lost in it. I mean, he's not in it much to begin with, but he also just hmm. he's like no Italian accent for me. I'm just gonna be. <laughs> I'm not doing this. Um, he, he's he's probably watching everybody else rehearse their Italian accents, and he's like, "Can I get out of this?" No. Okay, I'm doing British. <laughs> um, but I mean, uh, Adam Driver like is in a different movie, like who's more subtle, who's more calculated, and I think Lady Gaga tried to be in everybody's movie there, mm-hmm. and that stretched her out a little bit caused her to be a little bit tough to pin down, and I mean that's also due to the screenplay where it's kind of difficult to pin her character down i'm not sure her motivations at times and it got a little bit it, it, it's tough all around really this movie was just tough i also think that's the personality of the individual that she's portraying that was mm-hmm. tough to nail down and tough to figure out exactly what was going on outside of wanting to control everything in the gucci empire uh but and just and but also as I'm saying that and thinking about what you just said, she also just wanted to be loved. <laughs> like yeah. near the end, like she was like groveling to get back. And you know, I, listen, lady, you're going to end up with some uh, a pretty sweet settlement here. So just like <laughs> I was going to say, she had money. She yeah. had quite a bit of money. Like, she was good. And like um, I, um, but yeah, I, you know, for me, oh, it's yeah. really Scott. It's a start doing some stuff that's uh, you know not rushed because he rushed these movies. Oh, excuse me. Last duel was good, but uh, well, I was say, last duel was much better. He rushed last duel, and that worked out fine. But um, like he, like um, House of Gucci was quite rushed, and you know, there, there's ways you can make this fun. And I think Ridley Scott was the wrong guy to direct it, but also the writing was not there. Um, the other one I watched is Holy Shit Levels of Wow. This movie, I I don't know where. Do you, have you seen it yet? Yeah, and I was so nervous to see what you would think of it. Oh, I still don't know. <laughs> that's I, it's really nuts man um so uh the other other movie i saw is the humans and um i, I think i i think i uh, pretty much love this movie yeah. um and uh it's you know i was i was really really worried about it because i'm like oh the guy that wrote it is directing the movie that sounds horrible like that's that's just gonna go terrible he directs it in such a way that's voyeuristic he doesn't give the actors the ability to like show their great performances. They have to work for it. And that's a, that's a risky thing to do. And like that can go very poorly. This isn't terribly apparent to be a play, which is very surprising. I I could not believe that that was achieved. The cast is, you know, stunning. I mean, Richard Jenkins at the uh, front of it. um, And uh, the mother, I had her name down and I just forgot it. Um, Reprising her role from the stage play. Is that how it went? Okay, because yeah. I've seen her in some movies as well. Jane, Jane Hoodie, Hoodie Shell, Hood Shell. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, and um, like she was truly wonderful. Um, they all get like their moment, including June Squibb, who really is given little to do, but <laughs> does kind of does, Be there. like. I mean, Gary nails it. Like uh, she plays a dementia-stricken uh, patient who is, I mean, you know, occasionally is just. Uh, uh, saying uh, nonsense words, 
but occasionally comes in and like is able to like say a couple of words randomly, but really does sell it. And that's a such a tough role. Um, Beanie Feldstein is great. Amy Schumer gave, I think, the best performance. Um, I agree. I totally agree. First of all, it was Amy Schumer, like so it was authentic. She's not trying to play anyone else. It feels like it feels like a character that's her, but yet at the same time, um, like she's making she's cracking her jokes when she can, but like she's also like truly in like a most devastating place. Um, But uh, and then Stephen Yun is in there. Um, He's kind of like the straight man of the group there, just sort of keeping things together. But um, in general, like the cast is unbelievable. They, uh, this is the pretentious thing that I'm going to put in my review, but the apartment is a character in this. And um, like the element of horror that is put in this movie is, um, oh God, it's really good. Cause you know, there's not like ghosts in it or anything like that. You know that for a fact, but you like, it's like, it's when you go up to a scary bait or go down to a scary basement or anything like that and you're that terrified and you're that worried like and you know there's not a ghost or a monster or something like that but there's like a loneliness there that you're terrified for and you know i i i will say the one thing that i had an issue with in this movie and it may not affect my grade i don't know the bottom drops out with like 10 minutes left and i'm just kind of like whoa (laughs) this this movie's tone changes so damn quick and it was it gave me quite a bit of whiplash. I don't know if that's going to bother me that much the more I think about it, but that did sort of like you know throw me for and it wasn't even like a twist ending. It's just kind of like all of a sudden <laughs> this is changing everything, and and I'm just kind of left there being like what? <laughs> so my take on that ending is and the what what you just described is that that is very authentic to a family dinner. Mm-hmm and a family that's dealing with conflicting drama this way. I just had to go back to make sure that I wrote my review for this because this was one of the ones that I uh, saw at the Philly Film Festival. And I'm like, did I even write this up? Um, But I just reread my last paragraph of it and I really like it, so I'm reading it here. Um, The reason The Humans is so compelling is that the performances are so visceral, even when the quote-unquote drama is menial. Each actor shines, the cast's collective chemistry flawless. There's a comfort felt by what is playing out on screen, a feeling that no family is without their drama. Embedded in every comment, disagreement, or stomping of the feet is a palpable love between all family members that carries the film. The ending ventures back to the story's stage roots in a quiet, fitting fade to black that begins to uh, o- that begins the ultimate rumination bound to come. What was I on when I wrote that? Because damn, that, was, that sounded good. Jesus Christ. So- some of mine are like this movie was not good. <laughs> I was gonna say I my mine range from lady like I, what did I say I was just like Jared Leto should go down a green pipe like you know and then, <laughs> okay good thank you all right thank all right <laughs> I'll take it I'll take it I can still do good stuff um <laughs> it's, it's it's really good um oh something in there jogged uh, uh dislodged something else I want to talk about oh yeah how authentic of a family this is where they switch from joking around to then like all of a sudden really passive aggressive animosity yeah and then right back to joking around again and i it's the right back to joking around again that i loved because like you know we've all seen our share of tennessee williams plays and stuff where this ends with like screaming at each other and stuff or you know or like it's horrific uh, endings and stuff but this with the exception of um like does sort of like you know while they're just talking about like you know weight watchers and then like you had too much ranch and then all of a sudden like the next comment is just another like you know like a, a joke or a jive that's like funny and nice and it was like oh my god that that shift was amazing because you, you know you you expect when you're watching like a movie about a play uh, or excuse me a movie about a family or a play about a family you expect it to be like just they hate each other the whole time and that's not the case even the families that are having issues do some good stuff together and this happens in the humans i'm just talking about it's like i I was wondering about a b i think it's i think it's an a it's got to be an a i love this freaking movie i'm at a b i put a b oh uh, you're gonna be i did i i really liked it i think like i'm the more i'm thinking about it now i'm like fuck maybe it was an a Um, yeah like i i I can't find anything wrong i'm gonna write my review and then i'll know so i this is unofficial nobody listened to this part skip ahead it's just it's i have to cough we're back. Um. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. I guess I'm on now. <laughs> um, no. So it, the thing with this movie that I really enjoyed is 
everything that I said already, but the fact that it's just a pure family drama. It, it's a stage adaptation or a, a movie adaptation of a stage play that doesn't add anything. It doesn't try to flesh it out more. It doesn't go the Evan Hansen route and try to, you know, blow it all up into a big phenomenon. Um, it, it just takes what worked and puts it on screen and rework, of course, reworks things a little bit to be cinematic, but man, it, even in the quiet moments, I was like, Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh God. Yeah. Like every, every, like, I mean, this is like, you know, it's so funny with the Oscars coming up and everything like that. This should get sound. <laughs> yeah. It won't get a best for, for but lack it, of. Like, <laughs> for lack of, and then like the lack of, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, a bulb goes out and, you know, I, um, it's funny cause this is, oh, they didn't really show much exposition, but I believe this is taking place in like an early, like 2003, 2004, 2005 era. And the only reason I could tell that is because everyone would have a freaking flashlight on their phone right now, but <laughs> they, they all had lanterns instead of with flashlights, which drove me nuts. Um, but yeah. I then realized that it was probably er, like around like sometime in the aughts. There's also a lot of references to 9-11 and that influences mm-hmm. some of the story. Um, my favorite comment was, I think it was, oh, was it Beanie Feldstein or Amy Schumer? Where they're talking about like uh, Amy Schumer's character living in the Sierra Center in Philadelphia. And they're like, terrorists don't even want to go to Philadelphia. <laughs> and having lived in Philadelphia, I lost it when that was said. <laughs> and seeing this in Philadelphia during the Philadelphia Film Festival, everyone was like, oh, it's true. <laughs> Pretty much everyone thought that. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. It was funny. Let's switch gears a little bit because I did not watch movies as well received um, on the whole. Uh, well, that's a lie, actually. One of them is. Let's talk about Wolf first. <laughs> what is Wolf? I've heard about this. Oh, you're going to hear about it. Um, this stars George McKay from 1917 and Lily Rose Depp. The premise of this is that George McKay <laughs> is a boy a teenager who believes that he is a werewolf trapped in a boy's body he is sent to a clinic that treats this type of um mental um disability if you will um and tries to cure it with different therapies when he's there he meets lily rose depp's character wildcat um there are there's a kid that believes he's a duck there's a girl that believes she's an a bird there's another one that believes she's a squirrel or he's a squirrel he's a squirrel i'm trying to remember all of them one believes he's a german shepherd uh lifts his leg and pretends to pee spider all this stuff it is a movie that you will say 17 times while you're watching what the fuck am i watching i was good that's what i'm already there (laughs) (laughs) but um I'll say that it's actually just a really well-made movie. Um, it is definitely a metaphor for acceptance and um, disability, mental disabilities and all of that. It doesn't quite drive that home. because, And I, I don't think it's going to be as well-received because it's very outlandish in its premise and the way that it delivers what it's trying to get to. Um, or I guess the journey it takes towards what it's trying to do. Uh, but it's it's entertaining. It's never not entertaining. The whole time you're just like, whoa, what is happening here? Um, and the one guy, Patty Constant- Constantine. Oh, he's in this? He's oh in this. Oh, my God, I'm in. And his character's <laughs> name is um, the Zookeeper. Oh, and yes. he's essentially like the one that's like trying to change all of them, whatever. It's it's fascinating. <laughs> it is really. <laughs> oh, it, man. He's been in a lot of things, huh? He he just floats everywhere, man. He it, it's it's unbelievable. He's got that character actor status. I think he's in like eighteen HBO miniseries. He was in that extremely weird Jude Law miniseries that oh. was like three episodes. I can't even remember the name of it, but that was unsettling. But <laughs> he was great in it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fascinating movie. Um, I will tell you. There's six reviews on Rotten Tomatoes right now, and it has an 83%. Which there we not, go. That's terrible. I just don't know if a lot of people are seeing it. Um, but I, so, I did. I did enjoy it. It's it's it's. I uh, I asked, and I'm very wondering about this one because it is playing uh, in my uh, uh, local theater 
<clears throat> this Friday. So I'm wondering if uh, I work this one out. <laughs> I will say that I'm happy I had a screener of it and the <laughs> um, it's like it's similar. I, I would put it in the same type of bucket as Titan, right? Uh, okay. Titan, I think, does a better job of kind of, <laughs> in some cases, getting towards like the message. Um, this, you totally get the message or like what the metaphor is for at the end. Like you, you totally figure it out. And it definitely makes you think for a while, but um, oof, it's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I would have felt seeing that in theaters. Because right. I, I probably would have been pissed off by other people and like what they were saying. Because I don't, like, it's not for everyone. It's one of those. <laughs> I have the feeling that if I go see this in the theater, that I will definitely be the only one in the theater. <laughs> um, the other one that I finally did see was Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, have you seen this? For this, this one was like wedding week stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully, I'm going to try to drop in and see it because I know you're not liking it, but I. So I still haven't finished my review. Um, I, what can I say about this? I I enjoyed it for for many reasons. I disliked it for more. Um, there, I feel like they did a good job of a paying homage to the the old school and trying to make a connection that didn't seem totally forced. Um, but what I will tell you is that I felt like the crux of the story or at least the what they're fighting against, so to speak, felt like it was just lifted from the original and placed in this. I was like, we're doing this again? Um, so I was kind of annoyed by that. The ending, the last 10 minutes is probably the best part, best 10 minutes of the movie for me. I really enjoyed it and thought they did a nice job with it without getting into it. There's some moments in it that are really... Um, really fun the the graphics are great and you know there's there's definitely a lot of nods to what's come before but also they probably could take it into the future a little bit if they wanted to i'll say that like there's two after credit scenes and one of them just completely pissed me off because it was just a sentimental thing um that ultimately ran counter to something that was said in the movie and i was like what are we doing here um so i don't know i it was fine i i just didn't love it and I feel like Ghostbusters is a premise that probably won't do well in 2021 or in the future, meaning that we're kind of beyond that. I think it was great at its time, um, but without, I don't know. I just don't know that, I, I don't know that it works anymore. I think the problem is without having seen this movie, um, they, they, it seems like they were pushing this as some sort of family film entity. And the, the, that's not what Ghostbusters ever was. I mean, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm sure kids went to see the first one, but like it was a film in the 80s where old comedy guys were like, uh, you know, like, like fighting ghosts. There was never any sort of like, it was meant for like a comedy, per, a comedic purpose. You know, the second one gets a little bit sillier with that, you know, like, and I think that one maybe could be more marketed for kids. Yeah. Then, after that, it became like the cartoon shows, and then they had all that stuff going on with that. And then quite a lot of families did enjoy the 2016 one, mm -hmm. and we don't have to get into, you know, other crap with that. Um, but, you know, like that one was also pretty solid. But people started to make the argument that maybe we go into other sci-fi. And this movie decides to instead concentrate on the same sci-fi but then really focus on the same villains really focus on this. Cause you know, I saw, you know, I saw goes around in a, in one of the commercials and I'm like, really, they're doing the exact same setting, the exact and, same thing. And that's a real, I mean, you know, Hey, we argue that, uh, you know, star Wars episode seven did the exact same thing and they kind of did the exact same thing, but with some differences, a few things that are a little bit different this just felt like or once again haven't seen it but this looks like it's a carbon copy um i still you know if it stays in theaters and i'm bored on a weekday uh or i have time on a weekday i'll, I'll throw myself in there um i would prioritize it i i really yeah. do think you should see it um fans of the franchise itself are gonna love it and, yeah. and have been loving it it makes sense they did a good job with that and they in a way that they again they balance what came before and what they were doing today solid job and like jason reitman should be commended for that because that's not an easy thing to do but 
if you want to give it some foundation for uh, or give the property some foundation for future films and future directions, I don't know that it necessarily did that here. Uh, because again, you're going back to Gozer and those fucking dogs and all that stuff. Yeah. And I just was, I was like, again, literally, I was like, again, we're doing this again. <laughs> we're doing this again. So anyway, that's that. That's a wolf on one side, Ghostbusters Afterlife on the other. <laughs> hell of a hell of a dish you're serving right there. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the news this week. What do you think about that? Oh, I cannot wait for the news, especially what you uh, have coming up. What do I have coming up? Is it uh, breaking news? This was King breaking news, news around. <laughs> This is breaking news around 1 p.m. today. Um, but Nicolas Cage is joining Nicholas Holt. So it's all about Nicholas in this movie. Um, for the Ryan, uh, Renfield movie. Reinfeld. Renfield movie. Uh, all of, And he'll be playing Dracula. That's the story here. Um, it is going to... Essentially, the movie itself is going to focus on the henchman, which is going to be Holt, which is Renfield. Uh, it's directed by Chris McKay. Um, it's based on an original idea um interesting though i mean i, I kind of like the casting i think it's really perfect just given where nicholas cage is in his career but it's just so funny that people are like finally i'm like finally I'm like, have we been have we been pushing for this for a while i think well that, that's one of the things i mentioned off mic i think like everything is finally finally nicholas page uh nicholas cage is playing like napoleon finally nicholas uh, cage is playing this person finally, they'll just put finally in front of it because he should be playing everyone according to these people um, which are the fans of Nicolas Cage, which are me. Th this is amazing um, news. I love this. Um, I love that this is the... Because I heard that... I, the first part I heard was Nicolas Cage to play Dracula. Um, I didn't get a chance to read any of the article. And then I realized it was for the Renfield movie. And I said, this is perfect because this is the exposure the Renfield movie needs. Because Nicholas Holt does need that draw sometime. Like he is... He doesn't really have the full fame yet. I'm watching season two of The Great right now. Mm -hmm. He is so exceptional. He is such a great performer. And no I, pun intended. I, oh, 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 because great. Oh wow. <laughs> I have once again. You're you're gonna get this. You're gonna get this for the next hour. Uh, <laughs> but um, wow, that was bad of me. Um, but Nicholas. <laughs> Nicholas Holt is truly wonderful. He's going to like rain, do some great dark range with Renfield. It's going to be interesting to see Nicholas Cage play Dracula. Is he going to go really like deep into it? Is it going to be apparent that it's Nicholas Cage? Is it going to be treated somewhat jokish? Is he going to go dead serious? Is he going to go dead serious? And then therefore it will become a joke. This could go in so many avenues. I now cannot wait to see what it is. I was rooting for the film before I'm, I'm now worried about the film, but I am definitely watching the film. I'm fascinated by this. Oh, um, I don't really care about Dracula movies, honestly, <laughs> but this makes me care. Uh, so we'll, we'll see where they go. I think I still want to know kind of the direction that the story is going in, in terms of tone uh, to really kind of, as you're just saying, um, but they got me. This is good casting. Oh, such good casting. Speaking of casting, uh, they will not be recasting Spider-Man anytime soon. So after Tom Holland has been uh, on his spewing all the details tour of the past couple of days, uh, and we still have a, quite a bit to go until No Way Home comes out, um, which I don't know if you've seen, but it's everyone's favorite Spider-Man movie, uh, according to Twitter. Did you did you get your tickets, bro? Did you get your tickets? Oh my God. Yo, um, bro. <laughs> do you know how easy it was to get my tickets? It was so damn easy. Like everyone's Did you buy tickets? I bought tickets. <laughs> bro, bro. I brought you know what I did? I went on to Fandango and I bought two tickets. I, I didn't have to wait. I didn't have to like, you know, fight anybody. I don't know where these people are posting this stuff where they couldn't get tickets. So they like, bought two tickets. Yeah, it's quite crazy. It became Fandango's number one seller for one day, I guess. It beat uh, Avengers Endgame in that sense, which is insane to me. This is, not, <laughs> this is the weirdest time for Marvel movies, but the big news here that we found out, um, Amy Pascal, who's the producer for Sony that works on all the Marvel stuff, 
basically came out and said, no, have no fear. Like Tom Holland is our Spider-Man. They're already planning the next movie and they see it as part of a forthcoming trilogy. So it sounds like what they're doing is ending the homes and moving on to something else. Um, <clears throat> and then what's interesting though, is she talked a little bit about how they develop the ideas for these movies. And she said that they uh, start with uh, looking at where they want the character to go. So she said, where does Peter Parker, where is Peter Parker? What's Peter Parker? What's the Peter Parker story we're telling? Then she said, what's the Miles Morales story we're telling? So it's kind of interesting because like, I don't know if that was just a slip, if she was referring to Into the Spider-Verse um, or if we, what everyone is hoping is going to happen in the future uh, ends up happening um, where we're going to get some crossover. We obviously have that set up with Venom, Let's, Let There Be Carnage, uh, but the big story here is that Tom Holland is here to stay, even though he said, if I'm still doing this at 30, I've done something very wrong. <laughs> I love the idea that like he, based on his hit, he is almost 30. Like he, he's not almost 30, but he kind of almost is 30. Like one of those guys that looks super young because he looks 12 still. But um, I am um, 25 years old. Is he 25? <laughs> young bastard. Um, I um. I love the idea. Uh, there was a theory going around, um, and I forget if this was reported or just a theory. But uh, when you when we bring up Miles Morales, that there was going to be something where Tom Holland's Spider-Man mentors Miles Morales, mm-hmm. and that's sort of a passing of the mantle type of situation. That's a best case scenario for me. For three that's movies, not, you know, well, maybe like Tom Holland's in the first one, and then like Miles Morales like starts it up. Maybe they're like doing some stuff together, or you know. Something in that sort of direction, the maybe. He hasn't been Spider-Man long enough to mentor anyone else. He still has his own problems with Iron Man dying. He was in the Endgame thing where he came. He, he was dead for five years. He's he's got some experience. That's not experience. He was gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows what he was doing then? <laughs> Nothing. He was I will gone. say. I will say he fought with all of the Avengers to stop Thanos. This dude is officially a person that could mentor people. All right. Yeah. And whatever he's going to do in No Way Home, I mean, he's going to be fighting other Spider-Men. You know, he's going to have to, like, play uh, poker with Tobey Maguire. Um, he's, uh, you know, going to have to, like, maybe have a sing-off with Andrew Garfield. And um, and um, uh, who else is in it? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> it, it's, oh, so yeah, exactly. I'm saying I, I think that like that's how it goes. Is these these three are not that they're his swan song at all. Maybe something like that. But I do not buy this at all. I do not buy this swan song. They're pushing him out. He's going to be the mentor and fading into the back. I do not buy that for one minute. After they three are- movies, he's going to do three more. Like what? Three more after that? I- Tony Stark, uh, whose real name is Robert Downey Jr., was just in how many goddamn movies? Thor is doing a fourth now, but he's been in so many others. Thor also knows Chris Hemsworth. I don't know their names, apparently. But, like, and he's 25 years old. They are potentially about to have the biggest Marvel movie ever with him in it. They are not letting him go. He is going to be a center point of these stories coming forward, especially when they've killed off half of the Avengers and need a constant through line. He is not going anywhere. All I could think about when you said Tony Stark with authority is um, just Jeff Bridges in the first Iron Man. Tony Stark <laughs> built this in a cave with a bunch of scraps. No, I I, I agree with you that, that they want to hold on to Tom Holland in the best way, like especially after this one. I just think if they were to maybe do a better job. Mm, yeah, no, I'll say this. A better job at storytelling they'll be like slowly phasing him out and looking towards the future, toward the future. That's English. Well, I disagree with you completely, but anyway, so, um, <laughs> speaking of disagreements, red notice. Oh, we're not it's doing this. Not the story we're jumping to yet because I'm okay. going to interject with a Snyderverse thing. Ooh, Snyderverse you, thing. Should have we have a video caught- for that? Have you caught any Snyderverse? Have you caught any? I don't know what's going on with my throat tonight. I'm like sitting here like getting sicker by the minute, which is great. So uh, whatever. Anyway, moving (laughs) on. Um, The have you seen any of the stuff that's been going on regarding Zack Snyder and the Snyderverse? Um, Only the uh, that one photo. 
So there's three different things that have happened. Um, one is that Zack Snyder posted a photo of the clapboard from Justice League in front of uh, that um, that really cool uh, black and white, well, brown shot, the old school shot of Wonder Woman with the crew from the first Wonder Woman. And everyone was like, what the hell are you posting that for? <laughs> and then I think it was the next day or the day after. I want to say he was the assistant director or a principal or something on the, the movie. He pocused. He pocused. He, uh, posted a picture of dark side and it said it begins. So then everyone's like, well, that's weird too. Like what's going on here? Well, then on Thanksgiving, uh, Zack Snyder posted a picture of a really beautiful Turkey that makes me really want Turkey with stuffing right now. <clears throat> but as he's zooming in cinematically to the Turkey in the back, there's two notebooks and then a book on the bottom. The book on the bottom is final crisis and it's the omnibus. It looks like for uh, final crisis. Final Crisis is a storyline where uh, where Darkseid gets his hands on the anti-life equation, which you may remember from Zack Snyder's Justice League being his focus. So there's a lot of talk now because, it, and you know, I was talking offline with someone about this too. I, I've always said it would make sense for them to continue this in some way on uh, HBO Max. Why not? You have a multiverse. You have, you know, all this shit opening up. Um, what... I don't think Zack Snyder does anything without purpose on this stuff. Honestly, he's, he posts shit and it always means something. But also the vitriol has stopped. Um, even from, I mean, I don't know if this is completely accurate, but I don't remember seeing anything from uh, Cyborg himself recently. Um, so with the new leadership coming in and the Warner Brothers and Discovery Plus merger, there had been talk of potentially something happening there. I kind of feel like they're moving towards something. Um, we have to bring it up because it's going to be all over our Instagrams and Twitters and all that shit for the next, uh, you know, until they announce it. But uh, it sounds like it kind of feels like the same way it did before Justice League, the Snyder Cut was released uh, or announced. So who knows? The the characters going quieter is very interesting. That might be the part that like actually is the most fascinating. Um, I wonder if Zach is overplaying his hand. Um, like maybe he's trying to for not force this. That's not the right words because obviously he doesn't really have like you know, but he but maybe he's taking some convincing in uh, or you know nudging uh, like certain uh, powers that be, um, and so he's the one sort of trying to control this narrative that moves that way, or yeah. like you're saying, he's having fun with his fans and posting these three things and saying, Hey, Hey folks, something's happening. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know that he would be nudging that way only because he's talked as much uh, nudging that way. If it wasn't happening, because he yeah. has talked about how much it like destroyed him and it was like oh, a very no. shitty time of his life and everything, you know, obviously. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, I had another point to make about it. That was uh, going to go into uh, why uh, potentially it could be happening. Oh, the, there was a New Gods movie scheduled, uh, too. That was on the docket, and that was one of the ones that got canceled. That was the one that Ava du uh, DuVernay was going to direct. And oh. the New Gods would have included Darkseid. That got canceled. And one of my questions from the beginning was, like, why the fuck would you cancel that? Like that? Because to me, that seems like a pretty easy way to take that character and, like, jettison it into – or jettison him into the, the whatever – direction you have for dc at this time um but to just cut it off after he's been introduced in such a big way in zach Snyder's justice league just doesn't seem right to me so all that to say i mean i back up on the record as being someone that very much enjoyed zach Snyder's justice league and would like to see it continued in some way i'm not going to you know like you know burn stuff outside <laughs> until it happens um, but if it does happen, I'll be very pleased. So well, I think public opinion is in order for Zack Snyder's Justice League. I think uh, that people enjoy the Snyder Cut. I really do. I mean, the people that didn't were, you know, really hardcore snobby cinephiles, which I mean is not like, you know, I'm I'm almost one of those. And even I love the uh, Justice League. Yeah, exactly. I usually turn my nose up at that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> um, you know, I, I loved it. I really did. And so. I know that, you know, there's, you know, there's a public opinion there that wants this. And um, I mean, it's just depending on how public and how tapped into the uh, uh, the consent general consensus of the population people are. 
And assuming it goes to HBO Max, if something happens there, whether it's a series or a movie, uh, that's only going to help HBO Max in their the ongoing streaming wars, especially as Netflix just had its biggest premiere ever in Red Notice. Segway master. <laughs> um, which is kind of wild. You know, Red Notice, Red Notice was kind of like panned by critics, but I think that people that are watching it at home are really enjoying it because it, it is it's fun. I told you I loved it yeah. in terms of it's it's problematic and isn't like the best movie in the world, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it was, what are the numbers here? Movies already been streamed for a whopping 129,100,000 hours. This means nothing to me, by the way. Um, a lot of those are the two minute watches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the film has already been streamed. Blah, 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 blah. So it's not too surprising. The film is the biggest the company has ever seen. So that's wild. Um, it is going to be the action movies and the action comedies that take this mantle, it seems like. Because before this, the number one Netflix movie was, uh, God help me, um, Chris Hemsworth. Um, oh, Extraction. Yeah. Extraction. And they're making a sequel there. And, you know, if I remember when we looked at that top 10 list that they released, it was like, you know, a, like maybe a romantic comedy there and stuff. But, like, I mean, you go right down there, it is, you know, some comedies but mainly action comedies or mainly big time action and i think that's you know something that people can enjoy quite a bit um red notice did come at this perfect time where i think uh, it was like what early november i mean everyone was it was a longish weekend no one was doing anything i'm literally only talking about myself and i had no <laughs> plans but i'm assuming that everyone else was doing nothing as well but it, it really was one that you could watch at home and you know a lot of people would talk to me about it so i know that that th this popularity does make sense and it does because it was funny i thought the jokes were a little bit stale but also i laughed at them so you sue me uh, <laughs> like, there there was plenty that i didn't like about this movie and how it was made but there's most of it i really uh i i you know I, I i did kind of enjoy with with the occasional plot hole yeah, and you know it's very much a rinse and repeat for Ryan Reynolds in terms of the type of performance he gives in, but it's still fun. And it's just, it was just so disappointing because it's just like, oh, this movie is going to have Dwayne Johnson and Ryan Reynolds. I'm like, these are two two people with the greatest chemistries on their own of all time. It did not work together as much as I hoped it did. Like, I I don't know why like those two just did not like mesh the way I really really wanted them to. I think they can play on that a little bit, just given the way the movie ends, though. And hopefully they'll improve upon that when the inevitable sequel and 3, 4, and 5 come out. Oh, God, um, that ending was like the most like mapped up for a sequel I think I've ever seen. I was like, yeah. oh, you can all go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> you just know this is catnip for everybody. And, you're just... and, and I love that they do that sometimes, though. You know, like certain movies, I'm like, we know you're going to do this. Just lead us in. Lead the way. Like, tell us, right? Um one movie that didn't do that was Magic Mike XXL. Uh, so this was a really weird surprise the other day. But uh, <laughs> um, Channing Tatum is returning to lead Magic Mike 3, which is called Magic Mike's, Mike, <laughs> Magic Mike's Last Dance, which I hate that name. Um, and Steven well, Soderbergh they... is returning to direct for HBO Max. If you're wondering why this is going to HBO Max, I, it's part of an overall deal or something because there's mm -hmm. apparently a Magic Mike competition series coming out. Well, so, so Soderbergh. I would like to know more about. <laughs> so Soderbergh has like a deal with HBO Max where he has to make his next 20 films on HBO Max or something like that. And I mean, I just hope we get another The Talk instead of this crap. And so this is not crap. L listen, it has I, made over three hundred million dollars worldwide. <laughs> so I'm I'm trying to think about like the magic my thing. Like I, I love that they couldn't really do triple XL because at some point it just sounds like t-shirt sizes, and you just, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like you can't. It's like so. It's like <laughs> Magic Mike's last dance. <laughs> like, uh, uh, and the language that they're using for this is like some of them are saying. Um, you know, the, the last outing of Mike Lane. Um, and then others are like, I think even Channing Tatum's like, the next installment. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Are you leaving it open for another one? Back to this. Are you calling it quits after this? Or are you leaving it open? Because Channing Tatum can't wait another decade to dance. Um, I got roasted the other day when I said that Channing Tatum should play Johnny Storm in the new Fantastic Four movie. Um, so there, I, I was like, he has the charisma to do it, would be an interesting addition. 
And people are like, he's too old. I'm like, whatever. Like, who cares? Everyone's too old. The people that are young enough to play Johnny Storm aren't even like discovered yet. I people never don't how Warner old Brothers. actors are. Robert Downey Jr. is 75 years old. I never yeah. bothered WBTV when they were making like Smallville and stuff. Yeah, that man, when he when he finished up, he was like forty five. <laughs> they're so old; they don't realize how old people are when they're like behind the camera. They're just they're very old in front of the camera. Insane, Ugh. absolutely insane. Wait, so is Channing Tatum's name Mike in this? Yeah, and he wasn't in the second one. No, it was. Oh, he was. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got worried for a second because that's just a continuity error. We can't have that in these movies, otherwise. <laughs> that's a continuity. <laughs> earthquake <laughs> I mean, you can't, yeah like you just magic mike xxl and magic mike's not in it maybe he's from the, a different universe in the multiverse of uh, magic mike magic mike's he's there to mentor the other mike for the next trilogy listen universes Call are back. all the <laughs> what i said he's there to mentor the next mike in the next trilogy okay. callback um <laughs> speaking of uh chris evans have you heard the new rumor What's the new rumor about Chris Evans? The new rumor about Chris Evans is that uh, he is potentially one of the few crossovers from previous Marvel movies before the MCU that we'll see pop into uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. And it kind of makes a little bit of sense if you think about how, like, weren't they teasing another project with him in Marvel back in the day? Like, And he and Feige were both like doing a terrible job of covering it up. What if he just popped up as Johnny Storm randomly in there? Well, that could be something. Yeah. Like, and I then, mean, if we're doing like all the universes, like especially that's early aughts comic book movies. I mean, boom. And then they're talking about um, Patrick Stewart popping up as Professor Xavier. Um, pretty much people are just running with the rumors that the Fox movies might cross over into it. But I think that would be kind of cool. Oh, if they just like all of a sudden and you know what? It'll be great in the theater to see just like 10 billion like like comic book characters be in there and then later on realize how friggin stupid and bloated that was. But at the time, just enjoy it and everybody's screaming. <laughs> it would be great. That would be insane. But how many of like the MCU stands today wouldn't know what the fuck was happening? <laughs> well, there, Yeah, there'd be so many little kids not knowing what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> if. Hugh Jackman shows up. I will lose my shit. He's not. He treats dicks. He's, he's, he's talked to Kevin Feige about things. Who's, dude, I, everyone has talked to Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige owns all the studios in the world. Right. So you can't shit on it until you know we see if it happens or not. <laughs> come on. Don't come on me. It's a universe. It's a multiverse. It's all the rage right now. People want to know what you said last week that we had to cut from the episode, by the way. <laughs> I will just say it is a joke about Kirby. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is where the cut happened. That's, as far, that's my hint. It, it was a joke about Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of universes, though, and how that seems to be the new rage with everything connecting, I, this is something you know I'm very excited about. Um, oh, God, yes. <laughs> so Pat, we know that there was a Power Rangers movie in 2017 that wasn't terrible, but wasn't totally well received in the way that Lionsgate originally wanted since they said they had seven movies planned. <laughs> um, so clearly that didn't happen. They're going back to basics now and they are uh, remaking Power Rangers once again for the screen, but focusing on the original core stories of the 90s teenagers. Now in a really weird move. So that was originally, I think, supposed to go to Paramount Plus, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or it was in development at Paramount. Maybe I'm making that up, but it was somewhere else. Now it's going to Netflix. And what we're getting is an interconnected series of um, or interconnected bundle of projects that will be both movies and series in one Power Rangers universe. Um, I am super excited about this. Jonathan Entwistle and and Whistle 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 Whistle. I don't know. Entwistle. Entwistle. It's Entwistle, right? Yeah, sure. Um, he from the end of the effing world and I'm not okay with this is writing, oh. which I think is great because I think that will bring in some modern humor and the teens. Yeah, the, the, the teens. It'll bring in the youths. Um, so yeah, so it's heading to Netflix and he's kind of being the he's the one that's shepherding this all in. I'm pretty pumped about this because I've said for a while, like Power Rangers could be such a powerhouse if they harnessed it the right way and brought it into today. Um, 
they haven't quite figured out the right way to do that. I mean, I think the series is still like Dino Thunder Fury, whatever the series is for the kids is go for the, for the children is going to um, uh, Netflix. And I think that's what kind of like led the way for all this. Um, but if they do this right, I mean, it really could be a big, a big to do a big uh, franchise that they can continue on in a new way with new customers. I, th- I think, uh, thank God it's on Netflix. I think uh, Paramount Plus is a still a rough streaming service. And I don't know if a Power Rangers uh, uh, property would get more uh, subscribers. I mean, we're having trouble with the uh, Jeremy Renner, Kyle Chandler, Diane Weiss private prison drama, like trying to make that happen in uh, Paramount Plus. But um, I think that like, so I think uh, it getting the exposure, Power Rangers getting the exposure on Netflix is going to work. And I know it sounds strange to say Power Rangers getting the exposure because people our age, we, they, they don't need exposure. Yeah. However, it's, there's more than people our age. And I think that uh, um, this will be great for them. I worry, uh, or great for the property, them, is like, but uh, <laughs> for the Rangers, <laughs> for the crew there. Um, I do worry about when it's like a, a project with several moving parts mm-hmm. where it's like maybe release one thing, see how it's received, see how it's angled, focus groups, things like that. Then you like let out a few other things, a few other things. If you just start producing eight things at once, yeah. there's a chance that this burns out way quicker than we thought. And, you know, we could have like several different problems that I've had in several different properties have had those problems. Um so, you know, I think that patience, which, you know, a lot of properties don't have anymore for a good reason, because everyone wants to do what Marvel did, which, you know, we wonder, was it impossible? Was it something that was just held together by duct tape as they got over the finish line? And we just don't know that. Um, or uh, did they just do this right? And, you know, like take a take quite a few risks, like and go through it like a little bit at a time. Um, I'm but regardless, I'm still looking forward to it. I think that. You, it's such a fine line to tap that nostalgia because if you just like obviously like if you look back at the series, that's going to be tough to sell to people that have never heard of Power Rangers because it looks ridiculous. Um, we'll love it. But um, I think about. Um, uh, oh, no, my head just completely stopped. Um, but I think it was a, such a great point. I, I look forward to it later. when Raider I think Repulsa, about it. Goldar, Lord Zed. The White Ranger, the Green Ranger, Tommy. They Jason. overproduced the movie, and that was like its main thing. So the movie that happened in 2017 was a little bit overdone, a little bit over with the effects. And then, th- like we had the issue with the you know the original TV series and stuff, which you know was a little bit you know underproduced or you know of of its age. Um, so if they could find that fine line in between, that could be perfect. Sorry for the complete brain fart in there. No, you well, two things. One with that 2017 movie, they completely changed the origin of it and made it more like aliens and stuff, and then had Goldar as like this monster created out of gold when Goldar was one of the best characters in the original series. I don't know why I'm getting really upset about this. Um, but the, <laughs> the other piece is do you know the history of like how they made the original Power Rangers the first couple seasons? It was originally they bought the rights to a uh, I don't want to say the wrong country, um, Japanese, I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah, Japanese uh, TV series. They then <laughs> they dubbed the English fight scenes, and then they just then later on they would just be there with the costumes, and then yep. they would like be like. It, I I've heard that, and I was just like, wow, what a clever way to do something. Yeah, they pretty much just stole all the action sequences and built around it, um, which is kind of wild. But and when I think back to the original, uh, I almost said Spider Man, the original Power Rangers. Um, it was very, I see Batman versus Superman was mentioned in the chat and I will take umbrage with that, Kendrick. I don't know what you're, you're saying there. Um, the, um, back, the original Power Rangers, it seems like it ran forever and it really didn't like it, the, the series continued to reinvent itself with different characters, but yeah. the original series that like we grew up with probably was not very long. <laughs> It's so funny because, like, as a kid, you just don't even know what you're watching. It's so like, it, like it's like it's eight different iterations. It's whatever, and especially with us because we don't have like you know uh, ne- we didn't have Netflix that so it's like whatever was on TV we knew what we knew a Power Ranger was on TV at a certain time, and so we sat down and we watched the Power Ranger. <laughs> I remember when they used to like move it to different to like later times. Like I, I swear at one point it was like six thirty on Thursdays or something, but I might be making that up. Um, 
I don't know. My father, we used to watch uh, The Simpsons at six o'clock and Married with Children at six thirty. So, or wow, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> my a... mom was not very happy. <laughs> That's a hell of a lineup. <laughs> the the. Same, at the same time, he was letting me rent like Child's Play at six years old. So that's why I'm terrified of that movie. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, the last story tonight is one that made me roll my eyes and potentially throw up. But they are uh, taking Zorro and doing a whole new thing with him. Um, oh, God. Here we go. I'm just going to read it from the Deadline article. The film reimagines the iconic character of Oscar de la Vega, a young undocumented hacker known as Zorro with zeros. <laughs> While fighting back against a secret government unit that attacked his mother, he discovers a high-tech conspiracy that threatens not only his family, but the world. <laughs> this is called Zorro 2.0. <laughs> It'll be visually elevated, socially grounded, sci-fi cinema, and a <laughs> This is not Zorro. I, he doesn't have a sword. He doesn't have a sword, Joe. That's the point of Zorro is he's a swordsman. This is not, this is just not even that. It's just not, it's just not the thing. What the, the problem with the, it's, it's just not the thing. Like an undocumented hacker. That's a weird thing to say. Like, <sighs> I, like, oh, and the Zoros are zeros. That that what that, that that's his username. That's how he covers up his name. Is the Zoros are zeros? <laughs> like, oh, he won't show up on the captcha then. <laughs> I'm so irritated by this news because when the I first the oh, headline go. is Alex Rivera set to write and direct Zoro 2.0 for Sabini Films, and I was like, Zoro 2.0. That's kind of a weird name, but what are they doing with it? Uh, completely changing it. <laughs> like, just that's just not it. That's the problem with it there. It's just not it. And also, this guy, Alex Rivera, is a recipient of a 2021 MacArthur Genius Grant. They start the article with that to make sure you know. Just so you know, he's not a complete idiot, even though it's going to sound like he's won in a couple of moments. Well, his quote is, this project is an opportunity to connect Zorro, the original masked Avenger, interesting use there, to today's border wars, a conflict in which immigrant families are pitted against regimes of high-tech surveillance and government control. What? I mean, yes, I get it. Like, that is happening. But, the, oh, this is the opportunity? This is the story you connect it to? With, this makes no sense. With a hacker named Zorro? Uh, like the, I don't... With technology, we're going to help this situation? Like, this, it seems like this is going to be, like, really, really, really tone-deaf. And how did the secret government unit attack his mother? Shut down her Facebook page? Yeah, well, that's probably all you have to do, yeah. I mean, it's tough to do that these days. Yeah, apparently. Oh, this is stupid. I hate that I put it on the outline. I do too, but it's a good it's a good thing to end. Well, well that that's my that's my rave because I couldn't think or my rant because I couldn't think of one. Uh, my rave is very simple this week. It is uh, that I had a great time at the wedding and I appreciate the invite and I'm glad that I was able to help celebrate. I was so happy to have you there, buddy. It was an absolute blast. Like having you there was great. And you just like collecting like evidence on me as I was on the dance floor, just seeing you like, oh you know, just, you had like, hilarious moves. <laughs> so, I, someone walked over to me, like they saw me filming and they're like, you're a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are right. I was like this at, like for like the last half hour. <laughs> Just film. <laughs> uh, I will get you a pizza of your own. I know that was a downer. Um, that the pizza was gone. Oh, I didn't. I was. Uh, that was. Um, I, I'm embarrassed at how I reacted to that because I was really, <laughs> I was really pissed, and I shouldn't have been that pissed. Oh man, I'm glad Kendrick has given us some wedding love. Yeah, <laughs> glad you sang Five Thousand Candles in the Wind." That was an amazing. Mo- I, I cannot stress enough. How I, I think I was talking to like your buddy Kevin or something, or maybe I was talking to your sister, but that started playing, and I was like, Wait, is it, this is no, no. And I look up, and you're just all into it. <laughs> I was like, Yep, this is happening. Oh my god, that, <sighs> that, that was the one that almost did not happen. I'm happy that came together because, oh, with a live band, we should say. 
that's the important well, piece. <laughs> that that's that's why that's one of the reasons why I wanted a live band. I, I wanted a live band because I lo- want live music, but I was also like, oh, I kind of want to sing Sam Five Thousand Candles on the Wind. This is a year and a half ago. <laughs> I'm thinking about that. <laughs> well, it was a lot of fun. You now have uh, some time to catch up on all these movies that are about to come out this weekend. Um, although a lot of them are in limited theaters, but let's talk about them. The Power of the Dog hits Netflix tomorrow. Single All the Way hits Netflix Friday, I believe. Uh, Benedetta hits limited theaters, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Disney Plus, Encounter in limited theaters before it goes to Amazon later, excuse me, in December. Flea hits limited theaters. You and I saw that, right? You saw Flea. I didn't see Flea at Sundance. Well, you have to see Flea. I want to see Flea so bad. It better be at a theater. Finally. Li- I'm pissed it's limited. Fine Flea. It's, it's so good. So I want to see it so bad. Uh, Mixtape hits Netflix. Silent Night hits limited theaters. The Hand of God limited theaters. And Wolf limited theaters. The aforementioned Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> like you're intentionally trying to make it sound like Wolf. Wolf. No, wolf. I, I liked it. It was different. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's, uh, that's what we got for you this week. And... Uh, Anything good going on on your end? Oh, um, I'm going to probably fall asleep after this. Um, hopefully. I don't know. I'm also not used to the ring. It's uh, like it's weird to have this on. Uh, uh, it's going to take a while, I think. But uh, that's a nice one. Yeah. yeah, It's a nice one. It's a very nice one. Um, hey, congrats again. And uh, don't act like you're going to fall asleep after this. We'll see you posting like what the math teacher watched tonight. <laughs> There's a solid chance that will be happening, yes. There's a 100% <laughs> chance that will be happening. It, it'll, it'll happen once, and then I'm passing out on the couch. I know that's going to be my move. That new couch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, talk to you later. As always, thanks for listening. You can follow both Joe and Sean on Instagram at Guy at the Movies and Math Teacher Movies. New episodes of the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean are available every Wednesday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be on the lookout for special spoiler pods where we dive deep into the latest film releases. If you like what you hear, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. See you next time.